Ant Wright, he knows hoops, has a great Twitter feed, uh, connected, breaks it down. He's standing by to talk about Michigan basketball that we'll get to in a moment. But Ant, first, your thoughts on why there is so much interest in this year's NCAA Women's Tournament. Unprecedented things, numbers, uh, player interest, Twitter conversations that we've never seen before. Why? What's your view on it? Well, well like my view is like this. Uh, I think I think the lack of parity um, when you're looking back, you, you have these dynasties, right? You had Tennessee at one point. You had, you know, uh, UConn. I didn't think that kind of hurt the sport because people kind of knew who the best teams were in, like, Baylor, right? Now there's so much more parity because the talent in the women's game has never been this high before. Um, I've watched film on the Nike girls' AAU circuit, Under Armour circuit. I'm telling you, there is so much talent out here to go around now. They all can't just go to one school. So because there's more talent going to multiple schools, you're going to see more coaching get involved there's a reason why UConn hasn't won a national title since 2016 and that's because the talent isn't just going to one school right because there's now not just three or four women who are way above everybody else there are dozens and dozens and dozens so they're sprinkled all around the country now so then that's why we can have an LSU team as a three seed win the national championship over an Iowa team. And you have a team like South Carolina, who's won 42 straight, lose um, in their storylines. People are starting to understand that, listen, that just because they're women, people have this, have this perception that they're not competitive. They are just as competitive as the men in terms of wanting to go out there, win, beat the brains out of the opposition. Look at what, uh, you know, what Caitlin Clark did. Look at what Haley Van Lith has done um, for, uh, uh, for her school. I mean, like very, very animated. And there's more coming. There's more coming. Like, trust me. What? Just wait. Just wait. Just wait. There's this girl from California named Juju. She, she can hoop. I mean, it's, if this is going to be women's basketball is in a very, very good spot, and I only see it getting way, way better. But the biggest part about it is the talent level and the difference between the great and the good player. That gap is is like closer than it's ever been, and it's really awesome to see. I've enjoyed women's hoops forever, but being able to see everyone else enjoy it too, um, I just love it. I just love it. And right, uh, follow him on Twitter. Uh, great Twitter feed. Also, Basketball Insider on both sides, men's and women's, and even uh, into the top shelf with the NBA joining us on the Meyer Guest Line here on the Huge Show across Michigan. Uh, the Clark-Reese uh, back and forth. I didn't mind it on the free throw line. I don't mind it on the floor. I thought afterwards my only problem, Ant, was that she kind of tracked her down, did the ring, did the see-me again that she had already done on the free-throw line. I thought she was out of line there. I don't mind smack talk uh, in-game, uh, free-throw line. There's a lot said, uh, but that's my only problem. It didn't change my thought process on how good Ella she was and the fact they scored 102 points and that they wore out Clark a little bit and she only got 30. I love how I only use she only got 30. Right. But uh, you played the game. Uh, you follow it. Uh the trash talk uh, from the Reese, Caitlin Clark situation. What was your immediate opinion? And maybe a day later, what are you thinking? 
immediately, um, I think that I, I don't like it if you're not doing it throughout the game. Like, you got to do that when, you know, second, third quarter. Um, but then at the very, very end, when you know the game's in hand, you know, that was a little bit much for me. It's a little bit much. But um, once again, just one of those things where, like, women are trying to – they are trying to uh, – you know, it could be a lot of frustration, too, from, like, not getting the same love as, the, as like, the men's team and, you know, being able to, like, let people know that, hey – we're here too. Um, Andrew Reese was the best player on the national championship team. Um, he's been the best player for LSU this entire season. Six three forward, really hard to guard. Transferred from Maryland, LSU had three Big Ten players um, on that team. One played for Rutgers, Ohio State, Maryland. So um, I don't think it was so much of. Uh, I don't think it was so much of her. I think she was very in the moment and not really worried about what people thought or what people said. It did come off as a bit, as a bit crass, as a bit rough. Um, and, uh, you know, people thought it was a bit corny to, you know, act like that after you know that you won the game. Um, but overall, I just think it's, I think it is a bit overblown though, but um, the fact that, you know, since when have we talked about women's basketball 24 hours Amen. after it happened? That's so, what I'm telling people, and I'm saying, hey, man, you so, can have your opinion. Everybody has a right to their opinion. Twitter lives to overblow everything. Music, yeah. politics, entertainment, movies, sports, uh, so be it. Uh, the transfer portal. Uh, LSU, yeah. uh, nine transfer portal players. So in uh, the transfer portal can be hit or miss. You can ask uh, Michigan State. In terms of Coach Tucker, in one year you can hit and you go 11-2, and two, and the next year you don't have the chemistry and you uh, massively don't exceed expectations, but it worked for LSU. Is this going to be a trend that we're seeing on the men's side, more on the women's side when it comes to NCAA hoops? Well, I've said this for about a year now. Every single high major team, even if you're like a mid-major as well, if you don't have a general manager role on your team, you're missing out. You need someone who knows how to construct your roster. You need to un- you you need people to try to uh, retain the important pieces on your own roster, and then and then a team that is going out there filtering. Hey, who's who? Hey, they're good, but let's dig a bit deeper. You know, is the, are are there some red flags there? Is there a reason why? they were suspended for a game? Is there a reason why they struggled for a, a couple weeks here and a couple weeks there? Is there a reason why they had a certain outburst at a certain point in time? You've got to really do your due diligence. And you know, never we've able to, we have been able to build a program or a team as fast as we can today. And a lot of that is because of the portal. You know, we, you know back to women's basketball, Kim Mulkey, she she took over this team what, in twenty one in twenty twenty one, and her first season was last year in twenty one twenty two. Then she was a national championship in year two, right? So that's just one of those examples. Like you can go out there and you can you can <laughs> you can literally fix your team overnight. San Diego State that's going to play tonight. 
same thing. Bunch of transfers, a bunch of veterans. Um, even this UConn team, like Tristan Newton, that dude transferred in, like, and he's a huge, huge part of this UConn team. And like, you need someone on staff who is just going to overdo it. Look at Eric Musselman; he's contacted like a hundred transfers. Like he works. Him and his staff work. If you're not having guys who go out there and work, who are constantly out there, you know, making sure that their program is being seen, um, then you're going to fall behind fairly quickly. And I think one of the best transfers to get are the ones that are coming off of their freshman or sophomore season. The main reason because that is you you only get a one-time transfer where you can play right away. If a freshman transfer comes in, he's with you for three years. If he leaves again, he has to sit out. So you're getting these freshman and sophomore transfers who can help you right away, but you also know that if they help you today, they're not going to leave tomorrow or else they have to sit. So you have to evaluate who is going to be beneficial as like a grad transfer or like a senior, junior transfer who's only going to be there for maybe a year or two. Um, Who can help you now? Who could like to do like a really quick Band-Aid or those who are going to be program builders where you can get those one, two-year transfer guys in who are going to stay there for the long run. So you need a general manager to be on staff. If you don't, then your staff needs to work overtime. So I think a lot of programs have to figure that out. Duke, I think Duke has a general manager. And what what is able to happen with them, they were a fifth seed. They kinda you know, they you know, they were they were very young this year. They had a they had about three or four marginal NBA draft prospects, a couple that would have went late first round. They're returning for next season. And that is huge. Huge. So, you know, you have to be able to find, you have to be able to find someone on your staff who's a, who's able to one retain your key pieces and go find you those key pieces so you can be good pretty much right away. And right, basketball insider, follow him on Twitter a n t w r i g h t. Speaking of the portal, uh, the shock of Hunter Dickinson was it a shock to you? And where will he end up playing this fall? Was it a shock to me? No, it wasn't a shock to me. Um, uh, he could have very easily left last year. So the fact that he stuck it out another year, I mean, good for him. So uh, it wasn't too much of a shock to me. Um, now, his his high school coach, Mike Jones, uh, he worked at Virginia Tech as an associate head coach. He just got hired in today by Kevin Willard at Maryland. So... At first, I thought Maryland would not be a destination at all, but that could be one. Of course, Georgetown could be one. Um, uh, you know, UConn could be another one. I mean, Arkansas. I mean, Kentucky. He he has a pick of wherever he wants to go. Like, if you you're talking about someone who's going to be a top three big man in the entire country next year. So he has his picking of where to go. And, you know, with NIL, you know, they're going to have offers for him as well where I'll, I will not be shocked if, if he's making mid-high six figures next year. I won't be shocked if he touches seven. Um, but I just know that um, that is probably the biggest transfer 
uh, to ever hit the portal. Why did he leave Michigan? Uh, was it, uh, it, it what was the leading reason why Hunter Dickinson didn't stick around to finish his career with Juwan Howard in Ann Arbor? I just think that Hunter wants to win a national championship. I think he wants to go to a Final Four. Uh, I think he wants to, you know, I think he wants to, you know, contend at the highest level. And I feel that, you know, he's he was averaging like eighteen and nine this past year. Very similar numbers to the year prior, with two rosters that and lineups and rotations that didn't benefit him. So the fact that he was still able to be so good on the court despite despite a lack of a lot around him um, is saying a lot. Which is which is strange because you just had Kobe Buffkin going to get drafted this year, Jed Howard going to get drafted this year. But still, the drop-off in terms of the right guys around him, really, like, who were the veterans on this team who you could play 30, 35 minutes outside of him? Um, None. So I think at the end of the day, he owes it to himself. He's worked out the last 15, 16 years working on his game. And for him to get to this point, he just knows that he's – like, he knows that his last one to two years would be better off suited somewhere else where maybe that rotation and lineup um, can get him to a Final Four, can get him to a national championship. Because as we all know, the teams that do well in the NCAA tournament who really truly compete, they have really strong perimeter play. Look at UConn, look at San Diego State, shoot. Look at FAU, look at Miami, strong backcourts are able to dictate flow and dictate the game he knows that it's not all about him um and as a big man you know he's automatically going to be like second most important he needs to go somewhere that's going to have a legit backcourt um that is going to be able to play with him whether it's in pick and roll uh and just all in the right system as well too but at the end of the day he wants to go out with the team in a roster that's going to win or that can compete for a Final Four and National Championship. And looking at the roster and looking at, you know, so far who, who like, just, just taking a step back and looking at this roster, um, it doesn't say that. It doesn't mirror what his, what his, what his, what his future goals are. So not shocked, um, and I don't blame him for it either, honestly. And right, good stuff. Wonderful conversation, my man. We'll talk soon. My best to you and your family. Hey, you too, man. Have a good one. Thank you. And right, follow him on Twitter. It's awesome. If you love hoops, A N T W R I G H T.